Hey guys, this is Matt. And this is Sean. Welcome to the show. We're meeting at the crossroads of wellness and sales in an attempt to share different mental, physical, and spiritual tactics to attain better results in your life of sales. We're going to experiment, challenge, and discuss what may or may not work for you in hopes to push you to become the best version of yourself. Hope you enjoyed today's show. All right, we are live here with Daryl. Daryl, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Good to chat with you today. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Daryl. Excited to have uh, Daryl on today. So, Daryl, you want to give the listeners here kind of a quick rundown about who you are and what you're about? Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is Daryl Klingeman. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at a digital marketing agency called Disruptive Advertising. Um, we're about 170 employees here just south of Salt Lake City, Utah and uh, help companies with their digital marketing, companies that lack the resources or the expertise to execute in-house will hire disruptive advertising to come in and run their marketing campaigns for them. So that's what I do during the day. Um, At night, I have a beautiful wife and three little kids at home. And uh, that little family of mine is one of the things that I'm proudest of in this life. So uh, happy to leave work and get to go home to those guys every day. And then of course, I'm a little bit of a, a fitness enthusiast, and, and I have a feeling we're going to chat more about that today. Yeah, no, I love hearing, uh, I love, it's always good when you, people are highlighting their family life as we go through right. this, and that's a focus, uh, because I think that's that's definitely important. Um, Something you don't think about when you're younger, and then you have kids, you're like, <laughs> ah, now I see. Have okay. kids, live well, in the burbs, this, things this is change, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um well, awesome. I think uh, maybe to go in a little bit more detail, you know, for us, obviously our focus is, you know, health, wellness from the spiritual side, from the physical side, and you're, and you're in the world of kind of sales or sales and marketing and, you know, what that means to you. But, um, you know, what it, what have you have you felt you've always been healthy? Is, has that been something that's, you know, there's some people we've talked to who it's it's been COVID that has taken them to, to really focus in on this or they used to be an athlete and sales took them down and now they're coming back up. But, you know, if you were to give someone the, the history of what health and wellness has meant to you through your, again, your personal life and maybe your, your, your business life, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I think like a lot of people, I was an, an athlete um, back in my high school days. Um, was a you know fairly athletic kid. Played a lot of sports through through my younger years. Was a football player, baseball player, uh, wrestler even. And uh, you know toward the end of high school, MMA was getting to be a big thing. I actually trained MMA for a while, <clears throat> and then nice. graduate high school, start college, and uh, at that time in your life, you can kind of beat the heck out of your body, and you don't. you don't pay too many consequences at that point in life and so developed a lot of bad habits going to school Um, I was working full-time going to school full-time taking full credit load while starting my sales career which uh, which was good for the money and graduating college debt-free and whatnot but certainly let it take a let it take a little bit of a toll on my health so there were a number of years man I got married in that same time frame Uh, was just a glutton for punishment (laughs) neglected my health right like in every area was was eating eating whatever was convenient um to to eat on the way to work and eat between class and whatnot was not sleeping well um did not exercise one lick for for years and so uh when i started disruptive advertising this was um almost eight years ago now 
I was in kind of that worst worst part of life where I had really devoted myself to my career, um, was was doing well in sales and was feeling pretty good about where I was at with my career. And uh, I had a buddy that told me I was going to start waking up early and go to the gym with him. It was actually a sales rep that I'd hired on my team. Started to, mm. to kick me in the teeth a little bit and get me to the gym in the morning. And so I started to get back into things. I started to lift. And uh, it's funny because in the early days of Disruptive, we've got pictures in our lobby of, you know, these awards that we win year over year and these award ceremonies. And it's, it's funny to look at the transition of Daryl and these, these pictures in our lobby, you know, the, 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 the chubby, you know, I used to be chubby bearded Daryl. Um, and, and it gets worse for the first few years at disruptive. And then there's like a, a sharp change because after a few years, you know, uh, we can get more into this story, but yeah, yeah. I, I decided to, to start to take those things a little more seriously, to start to exercise more seriously, to start to sleep a little bit better, to pay attention to what I ate. And I've noticed some, some pretty radical differences as I've done that. So that brings us to where we're at today. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in far better shape than I was at my worst. I'm down about 30 pounds, you guys. And nice. I think more importantly Congrats. than that, like life's just easier in so many ways. Like I can take a phone call walking up the stairs in the office now. And there was a quite a, an extended period of my life where that <laughs> wasn't possible. So, Do you want to disrupt your advertising? <laughs> well, you know, it's something interesting. We, we've talked a lot about uh, so many of us in the world of sales being sales reps and talk about how we used to, you know, prepare ourselves and get in, in, the, in the business world. And, you know, you're only focused on making money and, and all this stuff, but we haven't talked a lot about how sometimes it's that in between stage that can also mess you up of actually going to college. Right. So if, unless you're an athlete in college where you have a meal plan and you're at practice every day, that, that obviously can make things continue. But if, if you're more like me versus Matt, where you were an athlete in, in high school and then go to college, then now you're building that unfortunate, foundation of you know not coming home to fresh cooked meals if you're fortunate to have your parents doing that you're now like oh figuring out whatever you can eat in between class and afterwards mm -hmm. and then you'll go through phases of like oh, i probably should lose a few pounds before we go to spring break and then like you go home for the summer and you're working you're doing this and i think that's one area that can definitely hurt as you transition out that we haven't spent a lot of time on and I think uh, it's yeah. got me thinking about certain things that we can do for those who aren't playing college sports of making sure you're preparing yourself for the business world on all those things outside of getting good grades and, and you know, if it's sales like preparing for all those but that can hurt because then you transition then you're making good money and you're, you're solely focused on all those things and it could be so far behind you of what you used to have to pick it back up can be tough right yeah it, and not just on the physical side too the I'm sure, you know, Daryl, when you made the switch, was it mostly physically I'm not feeling well or were you feeling kind of slow cognitively, you know, in your in your job? You feel like you could improve there because, you know, when we switch from um, athletic stuff to sales or advertising or marketing, it's I mean, at that point, it's all a mental game. Right. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, th I think the, the biggest change, like outside of physical um was like in mood, right? Maybe maybe not as much on like the mental clarity side, although I'm, I'm certain that had to have improved as I started to sleep a little bit better, but it was like my mood. It was like the person I was showing mm -hmm. up as every day changed. And I think the people that I work with, uh, you know, I've appreciated that change. I think I, it, it's a lot easier to show up as, uh, you know, a, a team player with others' interests in mind when 
you've you've lost 30 pounds right and you've got a little more confidence showing up to conversations it's a little bit easier to show up in the way that your team members need you to than when you're holding on to some insecurities right because of your weight or um, you're, you're holding on to like some 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 pent-up emotions that you haven't had the, the chance to process and work through because you're not exercising you're not sleeping well so I, I think that's probably one of the biggest differences aside from physical is just like my mood and how I showed up every day and and I think I'm showing up as a better uh, team player now and someone that, that others like working with a lot more than when I had some of that pent-up emotion and it wasn't really my best self. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, everyone knows what they should eat for the most part. They know they should work out. Um, but even if you're crushing it in sales, there, there's always that, you know, kind of subconscious part of your mind that, that knows you're not, you're not doing the best you could be. You're not kind of reaching that max potential when you start to do that. Just that that confidence, that infectious confidence that people kind of pick up from you, and then they start asking you, "Oh, what what are you doing?" And then and then it starts to you know wear off on them. Like Sean and I are coming on the end of a weight loss competition um, with some some of his friends and, and his neighbors, and it's just it's kind of picked up. You know, we started doing it, then the wives started doing it, then you know friends are asking about it, then my parents started doing it, and it's it just all kind of builds like that. So well, it's, and it's been really cool. Speaking of that, which I'm going to correlate back to, to your success and losing some weight is just like hearing how there's going to be certain people and it's going to affect them a lot more than others. Right. So I say that in the sense of, I'm sure some of the people have been on your team for multiple years, seeing you go through that transition. It's like, it's a motivating thing again. Like they've probably seen your mood change they've seen. And then for them, they're probably like, wow, like I should probably make sure this is top of mind for myself and focusing on that. But uh, for this competition we've been going through, there's certain people that have taken it to crazy lengths and have lost a lot of weight. There's certain people that I hate to say, it, I didn't think would take it too seriously and done really well. And there's certain people, and you said there's been two that said, you know what? I, I know I'm not going to win, you know, but I'm happy that I'm going to go to my annual physical in a couple months. And I know that I'm probably going to have a much better physical than I did last year. And that was worth you know, paying the price of admission to, to give it off to the, whomever else is going to win first or second. It'll be either be Matt or this other guy, by the way. But um, so right bad. there, that's just, a, yeah, it's just a little, cool, it's a cool little win. And, and, and there's just yeah. definitely this team mentality uh, that you're talking about of just having everyone see it and kind of thrive off of that a little bit is, is a ton of fun. And then it's okay. We, we're doing this for six weeks. Then it finding certain little ways to make sure you're keeping up with it the next six weeks and the next six weeks. And I think the same thing is, is true to you have these great spurts in work where you're very successful or maybe not, but trying to find certain ways to, to maintain those is what I think is, can be the hardest part of, of, of our job in, in the world of sales and marketing of maintaining that in the long haul haul is what makes all of us successful. Um, and it's hard because sometimes it can hit you like a bag of bricks where you haven't been doing all the right things for the last you know, however, however long, um, and then it just catches up with this. So I think that's the ongoing trend we see of how do we focus on this long term and not just the day to day, which will end up getting us there. But uh, that's awesome. And it's really cool to hear that it was one of your team members that was, was kind of the, one of the big motivating factors to, to get you back into shape. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, totally. And, you know, thinking back to what did it, you know, it's kind of cool. And, and, and you're talking about the trickle down effect that this has and, and the impact that you have on others when, you know, when you're focused on yourself, you know, I was, I've never been a runner in my life. I've never been an endurance guy, uh, lifted a lot of weights in high school. When I got back into the gym, that's all I was doing was lifting heavy uh, and felt good. Cause I was getting strong guys. You know, my, 
my uh, my core lifts, my bench press, my deadlift, my squats. The, the numbers were looking pretty good, you guys. And games. Uh, <laughs> games, right? And I remember telling one of the guys in the office, I said, hey, you know what? As long as the chest stays bigger than the belly, like I think I'm going to be all right, you know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I think I was lying to myself thinking that my chest was bigger than my belly at the time. But... <laughs> You know, that's when I was lifting real heavy. I was strong, but there was, there was a good amount of, of uh, you know, fat on top. And in the break room at the office, actually, it was me and another guy. Um, I had just been introduced to the idea that people run ultra marathons, right? And in case any of your listeners aren't familiar, an ultra marathon is really any, any foot race, any running race that's longer than a marathon. They tend to be of like the 50 mile and 100 mile variety. So I had just learned of a gentleman named Cam Haynes through social media who runs these 100-mile ultramarathons and even run a 240-mile race. And that's that's 240 miles basically straight with, you know, short mm-hmm. little breaks but no sleep. And these guys are crazy, right? But, but that put things into perspective for me where I said, man, 26 miles, a, a regular, a standard marathon is nothing. And, uh, yeah, you've got, you've got Goggins there, right? Goggins? <laughs> yeah. They hang out, right? And these guys, I, so I start to learn about these guys. Or Jesse Itzler, right? Super successful in the business world. Has done a lot of these ultra marathons. And and anyway, when I realized people run 100 miles in 24 hours, for me that was like, all right, I'm gonna go run a marathon because that's nothing. I used to think marathon was the pinnacle. Now that I realize four times that distance or eight times that distance is something Unreal. that people are really doing. Yeah. I can go run 26 miles and it's not, it's something I don't want to do. And, and I occasionally like to put myself through those things, right. To, to find what type of growth is available on the other side of that. So I was having this conversation in the break room. I'm like, dude, there's guys out there running a hundred miles at a time. I'm going to, I'm going to run a marathon just cause it feels so like so attainable now that I understand that the human body's capable of so much more than that. He's like, cool, man. Like I'll do it too. He's like, he's like, what, what do you think? Like three months we'll train for it. I was like, no, man. like, I'm thinking like 12 months, dude. What do yeah. you mean? Give me some <laughs> yeah. time. He's like, what? He's like, I'm going to run one. Like, I'm going to go see if I can get signed up for one in three months. And he did it. Signed up and was like, all right, I'll, I'll be behind you. Right. I'll, I'll do one maybe six months. We'll see. I started running and seeing what it felt like. My first run, I, I pushed myself. You guys, I made it to four miles, like pushed through a world of pain, but got to four miles. Nice. I was like, okay, cool. That, you know, decent starting point and, uh, and we'll go from here. And after, you know, after a few weeks of running, like it, it actually came pretty quickly, which super surprised me. Yeah. What I was saw, your weight when you, when you started? Started out 200 pounds. Okay. You know, for, for reference, I'm, I'm about six foot. I'm 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Graduated high school at six foot, 155 pounds. Right. Oh, so I put on okay. 25 pounds after high school. You know, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> lean build, you know, 200 pounds yeah. is for me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so it was about 200 pounds to make a really long story short, ran my first marathon was feeling real good. I dropped about 15 pounds and keep in mind, I was lifting real heavy before this. So I had a, a good amount of muscle on my body, dropped 15 pounds, looked a lot more defined. And, and at this point I was feeling like, man, I'm a peak physical specimen. Like I've, this is what it's all about guys. You know, maybe I should start an Instagram account or something. <laughs> And then I got a body scan done. I did a DEXA scan, right? Mm-hmm. Lay down on the table, get scanned, tell me my body makeup. How much bone density versus lean muscle mass versus body fat. I was at 22% body fat after running a marathon. 
and um, you know you'll you'll see different varieties of the chart. But DEXA scan gave me my chart, and they said, "Okay, that's that's where obesity begins for men is at 22 percent." So you're right there. I was, you know, I was floored. I ran a marathon. Like, no, no, no. I just ran a marathon. Like, let's run it again. You you must have gotten the guy before me with the Dexacant. No, it's it's crazy how much you underestimate your body fat because that was my my same reaction when I got mine. I was like, no, 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 I'm not 25% body fat. I was like, I'm relatively lean. Watch me. I'll I'll flex next time you (laughs) did the scan. Let me flex. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Seriously. I was like, you guys didn't put in there. I just ran 26 miles. That's got to factor in there somewhere. Yeah. So they laid it out for me, and I, I had no idea, you know, I, I actually think we do a terrible job in our society educating people around nutrition and what they should be eating and whatnot. So for these years of eating frozen corn dogs and ramen noodles and and to get a break from it all at night, man, like a sleeve of Oreos, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Years and years of this, I packed on the body fat, but not just body fat, the deep body fat. It's called visceral body fat, and it's the body fat that encompasses your organs it's not real visible on the surface, but it encompasses your organs and makes them work a lot harder than they should need to. Puts you at high risk for all kinds of organ diseases and type 2 diabetes and whatnot. Um, so they, they said, hey, dude, you're, you're borderline obese and you think you look good because you've lost a lot of that surface level subcutaneous body fat. Mm-hmm. But what you've got to work on is that visceral body fat, that deep body fat. That's what's really going to cause you issues throughout your life. Kind of freaked me out right? I thought I was in such a good place and to find out how far off I was from where I thought I was <laughs> freaked me out. And that's when I started to take diet real seriously and continue to run because somewhere along the line in marathon training, I decided I liked running. So did did you have kids at this point? Yeah. So this was, um, this was right around the time we were having number two. So we had number okay. one, she was like two going on three years old. And, um, and yeah, this whole journey started four years ago and number two is four years old. So it was right around the time we added number two to the family. Okay. So yeah, that's always a good motivator. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to be the, you know, out of shape dad at, you know, my forties or fifties and, you know, concerned about not making it to their wedding one day and get you going. Oh. But yeah, you know, Daryl, to your point, with all the data we have access to now and, you know, just cycling through like, you know, whoop straps and aura rings and DEXA scans. I mean, that's that's something that that is so important because it's available right there. And there's so many things you can prevent if you just knew because it it was, yeah, identical reaction to me. I was like, no, no way. And then you look at the visceral fat, you're like, holy shit, I'm really not as healthy as I thought I was. Yeah, so we're... I'm dying, right? Like literally, I'm, I'm <clears throat> killing myself. You show me that, and I, I can picture what my heart's going through right now. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> killing myself, totally. Yeah, Matt. So Matt did the DEXA before this competition started, and there's a handful of us that are now doing it afterwards. And to kind of lay the stage, I mean, we we're all using one of these, you know, scales you get on Amazon, so it's only so accurate. So, but it's at least a baseline that we're all working off of. And again, it's it's very interesting to see some of the stats, and you just it is an extra motivator too. And now with 14 of us doing it, then it's a motivator of you know who are you next to on the leaderboard. But now there's four or five of us that are going to do the the DEXA next week, and I, I'm pretty interested to just see number one how the metrics actually compare with the scale. But seeing all right now, I feel like I'm the leanest I've been. I'm I'm hoping to not be have any negative surprises, but you never know, and it's and it's 
good for you to do that, to have that kind of kickback. Cause then if you had never done that, then you're, like you said, your body and your organs would be kind of working so hard that you never really, you never want to put yourself in the scenario when you're in your thirties and have some sort of, uh, we spoke to someone else who essentially had a heart attack when they're in their early thirties. And we know our, our job is high pressure and, uh, it can catch up really quick. Um, but I love the fact that too, that it was again, being in the workplace, being around people that kind of motivated you to kickstart uh, this journey to become a runner. And you, again, you think you're in you know, great shape and then motivating yourself on this, on this different aspect. Um, you know, a lot of companies these days, we have, you know, a stipend for a gym membership, which is okay. I've worked at, you know, a software company that provided the personal trainers and yoga. And yeah. that was a cr- amazing, but not every company can do that. Um, you you've created something that's a bit of a different approach that I think's very unique that can and should be replicated by so many organizations. Um, do you want to take uh, the next few minutes to walk us through, you know, what you've created, the, the mindset and what, what kickstarted that I'd imagine part of your journey was, was what drove that, but to tell our listeners a little bit about what you've incorporated uh, at disruptive. Yeah, totally. So, so I go on this personal journey, right? I pick up, I pick up running. I start to pay attention to my nutrition. Um, you know, the, the type of eating plans that I follow are, are macro based for those that are familiar with that. And I, I really mm-hmm. track and, 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 you know, balance out my macros, but I learned these different things. I learned that you can't out exercise a bad diet. The bad diet is where that years and years of bad diet are where that visceral body fat comes from. You can exercise to the point that you're pretty low on subcutaneous body fat, right? It's, it's, it's the I look good naked feeling, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to have type 2 diabetes in the next few years if I don't make a change. And, and nobody's ever talked to me about that before, right? Like my, my parents have no idea. I grew up blue collar in the state of Wisconsin, one of the most obese states out there, right? School. In school, we don't learn this, right? You learn, oh, you should have three servings of, of fruit and vegetables every day, right? Three of each. and But you don't learn, like, exactly how balanced these things should be. You don't ever learn how bad an Oreo is for you. You don't ever learn how much fat is in most of the food that we eat, right? How bad those yep. those fries are. We just don't learn these things, right? So I go through my own personal journey to learn these things and get super passionate about this, right? Because... Now I'm wrestling with my kids, right? Three nights a week, I come home and we're like, Alexa, turn on WWE music and, and we wrestle, right? <laughs> I, love I that. promise you four years ago, I could not have done that, right? And so I'm just, I'm, I'm passionate about this. So it, it radiates, right? We have people at Disruptive that start picking up running because me and this other guy ran a marathon. Our CEO, I hope he listens to this, our CEO... It's like, you guys are stupid, man. Body is not made to run that long of a distance. You guys are stupid. You're going to hurt <laughs> yourselves. We get a couple of marathons under our belt, and then all of a sudden this guy runs a marathon. <laughs> Love that. And then I tell him, hey, man, like I got an ultra on my radar. So he goes and he runs an ultra. He runs a 50-mile mm. ultra, the Bryce Canyon Ultra here in Utah before I'm able to. So he's running. He starts telling people, Hey, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll pay you. You go run a marathon, right? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little bonus, right? So we got people running marathons and half marathons left and right. It just, it just permeates through the company, right? And so that's fun and that's exciting to say, hey, that's cool. And I want to bring even more of this to our people, right? I've learned quite a bit on this front and, and I want to bring more of this to our people. 
So I put together actually a course, an optional course for our employees to attend. And it fits in well with one of the things that we have is we have a personal development budget that we set aside for our... Hey, quick pause. We, uh, our internet just dropped, so we'll have to okay. uh, do a quick little intermission. Hold on. It's back recording now, but we'll be good. I'll just have to edit a little bit. Sorry about that. Um, sorry about that, everyone. We did have a little wi-fi issue so um but we're back so back to this CEO. we are back yes hated marathons and now loves them <laughs> yeah he runs a marathon <laughs> he, he runs he runs an ultra he says hey anyone in the company that wants to run a marathon you know i'll give you this bonus you want to run a half marathon i'll give you this bonus so we got people running marathons left and right around here and it's cool right the energy of the company is awesome we got people you know taking their fitness more seriously than they ever have and, I, and I'm passionate about this, right? So I want to bring more of this to our people. I want to help people understand the nutrition side of, of things as well. And so one of the things that we have at Disruptive is an annual personal development budget for every employee. From the nice. newest employee up through the C-suite, everyone gets a $2,000 a year personal development budget to be used um, in a variety of different ways, but it basically comes down to their and their manager's discretion, right? And... So I say, hey, I want to put together a, a you know a, a fitness and nutrition class to help bring to our employees some of the stuff that I've learned the last few years that has changed my life, and uh, as part of their two thousand dollar a year personal development budget, I want to give anyone who graduates from this class a five hundred dollar bonus, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be rigorous. What they're going to have to go through is going to be challenging, but anyone who sticks with it. I wanted them to be able to get a $500 bonus as part of that $2,000 annual personal development budget. So I put together this class. We talk about we talk about fitness. We talk about nutrition. It's a 12-week class. I actually have everyone get a body scan done at the beginning of the class to understand, <laughs> okay, here's where I'm really at because nobody nobody knows, right? Like we're talking about, yeah. you have no idea what, what you're looking at. So everyone starts the body scan, and I teach them what a, what a healthy – uh, you know, workout regimen looks like, what uh, a healthy eating program looks like, what type of macro plan their body type, where they're at, they need. And, and what we focus on, there's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, yep. You guys are probably familiar, right? Your listeners are probably yep. familiar. We, we focus on, we don't focus on losing weight. We don't focus on like number on the scale or even what you look like in the mirror. We focus on who do you want to become and what does that person do, right? Very consistent with what James Clear talks about in the book Atomic Habits. Who do you want to become and then what choices does that person make today? Does that person eat a sleeve of Oreos before they go to bed, right? Do they hide from the stress that they're feeling from the day with a six-pack of beer or a sleeve of Oreos? Or do they seek out more healthy uh, methods of dealing with the stresses of daily life? Does that person wake up and work out even when they don't want to, or do they stay in bed and sleep in? And I know for me personally, the person I want to be, the person I want to become, wakes up early and works out, right? Has healthy coping mechanisms, not the six-pack of beer or the sleeve of Oreos. And so it's, it's, it's that idea that I try to bring to our employees. And it's a 12-week class, you guys. During that class, they have to track every calorie they consume through a phone app. They have to exercise five hours a week minimum and track that exercise through a phone app. And if they don't do any of that, they're not eligible for the bonus. Uh, punctuality for this class is something that's required 
for their bonus. Like we, we take it pretty seriously. It's pretty, pretty regimented. And, uh, and then upon graduation, they get a $500 bonus for doing that. that is, I love that idea. Well, and it just, it, here's what I'll say. So we've, I've been at two companies that have had the personal uh, development, right? And, and it's interesting because I, I bet if you ran the stats, only 25% of people leveraged it because it's always one off. Like uh, you can go take an online course. You can, I did something online. I did something at Emory in, cl- in person. It was great, but it, it, it wasn't top of mind for everyone when you're doing something like this that becomes contagious where, oh, you're doing the program. All right. Now it's same thing with the running. Oh, yeah. now everyone else is doing it. There's a little bit of, well, I kind of want to like try it out and gets everyone involved, which is benefit. Cause if you're an organization that you don't maybe spend a lot of time with people in different departments, get you meeting all of them too. And then everyone just gets all in. And then similar to the competition we're doing, it just motivates you. You know, if you're an athlete or not, there's just that motivation to kind of learn and push yourself physically and mentally, um, all at the same time. And I just think that's a really cool way of, of bringing everyone together, together, having obviously a financial side of it. And then the flip side of, now having the, the benefit of hopefully learning a lot about myself in a short 12, 12 weeks is long, but in comparison to your life, that's a short period of time to then mm-hmm. if you pick up one thing, it's great. Then you do it the next year. Now you're focused on, and that's what I've picked up on, on doing this podcast and this weight loss competition. It started as, all right, last year it was a little bit more on the diet. Now it's the diet and nutrition plus the physical side of, of how do I work out and keep that consistent. It's like picking up a little detail here and there that's just going to continue to push me. But I just think that's just a, such a unique way that companies can and should motivate their employees to, to look at things differently and to have anyone else create this on their own. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. How did the employees receive that? Because uh, it's always kind of like that. Is that bordering too much into the personal life? You know, do you, do you have any people that kind of push back with that being like, look, I'm just here to work. Like that's, this is kind of getting into a little too personal for me. Um, I would think that's probably, you know, the outlier. Most people would want to get healthier, but I still could yeah. see, cause I, I think, I think that's why a lot of people are a little hesitant to push this um, at the workplace. Cause it's, it's this, it's this fake line, which makes no sense. Right. When we're here, most of our waking hours to not, you know, to not be pushing into that boundary. So curious to, to hear the feedback there. Yeah. Look, I think no matter what you do, you're going to have friends and you're going to have enemies and like no avoiding mm-hmm. it. That the way we approach it is that it, this class is optional, right? So you take it if you want to take it. Nobody's forcing, forcing you into it. Um, and, and look, I don't want to take all the credit because I'm not the first executive in the company to say, Hey, here, I'd like to bring this to our employees. Our CEO started teaching a course that kind of blended between personal and professional, um, which mm-hmm. was just, it was, it was, it was the first course. And so I think he just called it personal development or something. Uh, but they, they talked a lot about morning habits, right? And, uh, if you're familiar with the, the, um, the morning or the miracle morning, it's called another, another great book, quick read, but talks about setting up your life for success by really nailing down your morning habits. He started that class before I started mine. Right. And already started to blend the personal professional, we had, we had so many people taking that class. It was a huge success. People starting to meditate every morning that had never done that before. So that's, I mean, look, that's where my idea came from to teach this class, which continues to, to, to get into that personal side of things. And when I first announced the class, you know, we were probably about 130 employees at that time. And we had 50 people sign up. And I said, hey, I got I to gotta cap this. I don't feel like I can effectively run a class of 50 people, I'm going to have to cap this. Some of you guys are going to have to take the next, you know, the next iteration of this. 
So the response was huge, right? Um, we had we had more than a third uh, of our employees sign up for it. Um, and I continue to teach it every six months. I start a new 12-week class. Um, I'm, I'm in the middle of one right now that we started at the beginning of the year, and we've got people signing up every time. So the response is huge. And at this point, we've got, you know, it's continued to develop and, and grow. Um, we've, got, we've got classes on topics that most companies wouldn't, you know, consider broaching. We have a class that's very much so a spirituality class um, that is now available to our employees. And, and look, it's optional. So if you're not interested, mm-hmm. nobody's pushing you to do it. But we get great responses to these classes. And, and it's not just for that bonus. I just had to let a team member know this morning, hey, you didn't you didn't keep up on the commitments of this class. So you won't be getting a bonus. I'd still love for you to attend. She was like, I'm so excited to continue to attend. It's not about <laughs> the bonus for me, right? Like the changes that I'm making are, are far more important to me than the, than the bonus. So it's cool. It's cool. And we've had an awesome response to it. Have you um, tracked like employee retention metrics since you've incorporated this stuff because that's you know obviously in this this uh workforce now retaining and hiring talent is insanely hard right now so do you did you track metrics on that i mean i I would imagine that you have people sticking around because that that's an awesome you know kind of company culture thing you're creating there but yeah yeah i guarantee we do um and and we do track all of that. It's been hard to track because the baseline has changed so much since, since COVID, mm-hmm. you know, greeted us. And so it's hard to say like how that's impacted employer retention. Cause it's changed so much in the last two years, um, by, by the standards in the digital marketing space, we're doing extremely well with retaining our employees. And it's still a concern for us. Like it is for most companies right now. Right. We're not, we're not issue free on that front. We definitely want to improve where we're at today, but talking with peers in the space and even getting feedback from Google and Facebook that, you know, who we partner with, we're, we're doing pretty well on that front. So I think this amongst other things, you know, is serving us well when it comes to employee satisfaction and retention. Do you, uh, I'd imagine you put the overall personal development 2000 on, you know, uh, for, for applicants of, of some of the benefits that you provide, do you put your course or your uh, other executives course on there as well as, Hey, we also, all, there's access to a personal development or a, a, a physical uh, development program. Is that on, like, if I were to go look at any job openings, do you guys put that on there? Cause I think can see on my side, right. They, there is always little bits of that, but I think seeing something even more granular would be, very motivating for me, at least again, not for everyone else, but to see something like that, it just shows how much you really care for your employee versus you're, you're just going to see the same like eight buzzwords for every other, you know, job out there of, you know, great benefits, money for a gym membership, even though it's, you know, not going to get you the full gym membership half the time. (laughs) Um, do you guys put that on your, your, uh, uh, job descriptions at all no like that's that should i love that i think we call out like annual personal development budget paid for gym membership but like you're saying who who doesn't call that out but if we actually call out here like here are the courses we provide i think that's a phenomenal idea well and it's access to executives too i mean not i'm not sure if it's only the executives that are running them but if i saw like i could take a personal development program run by the CEO or CFO or COO, I'd be like, that's awesome. Cause you yeah. know, you have to very much go out of your way in this day and age too, to make sure you're, you're front and center dependent upon your role. Yeah. Um, but to be able to say like, wow, I can take this 12 week program. This gives me the option outside of, you know, close as much business as possible to show, uh, other people in the organization, you know, what motivates me and drives me and having that personal connection. Um, just so much cool opportunity can come from 
building something like that. Like I've just got so many ideas going on yeah. right now. Well, yeah, and, and like what what we care about as people is that uh, you know we're we're feeling seen and valued and cared for. And and as a sales rep, that can be tough, man. Like you carry a quota, you kind of are a number, right? At the end mm-hmm. of the day, it can feel really tough to feel like the employer cares about you, because at the end of the day, you're a quota number, right? Yeah. And so the fact that like a company is going to go and invest in your physical well-being, your spiritual well-being, a company cares about what your morning habits look like. I bet there's a tie back to performance at work, right? I, I rising tide raises all, all ships truly believe that. And like, that's less of what it's about. Um, you know, at least here at disruptive, I can say it is that we care. One of our core values four core values here at disruptive. One of them is we care about the individual, meaning it's about more than just this big inanimate disruptive advertising, continuing to grow and be successful. It's about each and every individual clients, employees, all the same. So that's what it's about. We care about our employees and we want to see them do well personally, professionally, you name it. And, and it just gives you the opportunity, again, something we talk about all the time of, especially in the world of sales, from a sales management perspective, everyone on your team is going to be wired completely differently and motivated completely differently. And if you're not asking the right questions, you don't know what state of mind Matt's in. And again, have you done, have you been sleeping well? How's life at work? Mm-hmm. You know, family, like sometimes those questions a manager's never going to ask you, but you build a program like this it's built in and now you you know how your team's wired you know what motivates them and you and then after the fact after you spend these 12 close weeks together now they're not might not be taking your program but you're going to be able to pick up on hey something's off right cuz i know in those 12 weeks i picked up on all this other stuff and now i'm realizing something's off with Matt over here like i think it just only creates more benefit after the 12 week program of getting closer and then understanding the drivers and being able to just have that chemistry with someone to pick up on. They're in a really good place as you were when you got back into shape and that mood that you talked about, like having that good mood. Um, and if they're, again, I think that that's a big thing. If you're down in the dumps, sometimes it can be very hard to number one, pick up on that. And number two, if you don't have that good relationship or that chemistry, you've gone through something like this, asking someone about that, they might feel guarded. I'm a salesperson. I don't, we always say, I don't want to sit there and say, Oh no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. Like, but if I've spent some really close time with Daryl, I can be like, honestly, I'm having a real tough time right now. Um, that's just another benefit on top of it that I think's just, just really, really cool. Yeah. And look, I, I think if you're a manager, if you're managing people and all you talk to them about, all you care about is their performance at work. Like you're going to, you're going to lose that individual because they can get that anywhere. They, yep. I mean, they truly can go and get that anywhere. You guys, if all you talk uh, to them about is, is how they make the biggest paycheck possible. They can get that anywhere. If you're not talking to them about, Hey, what are you working on outside of work? What, are, what do you care about? What are you passionate about? How can I help you? How is your health? How is your family? How is your spiritual well-being? your mental well-being? If you're not talking to them about those things, you're just like every other manager they could find anywhere who's going to talk to them about how we're going to hit quota and make you that big paycheck. It's, it's, I mean, it's a broken record. They can find that anywhere. You'll lose that individual. So if you're not talking to them about the other elements of life that are most, you know, most important, dare I say, you know, more important to, to most people than whether or not they hit quota this month, then, you know, kiss that person goodbye because they're not going to be around long. They can find that anywhere. 
Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, on the customer side, do you tell your customers that you are doing this with your employees? Because if I was, you know, looking at advertising companies, this would be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Like the employees are doing this kind of thing. Has that, has that carried over there yet to the customer side? A, li- a little bit, but I, I don't think we're doing as good of a job there as we could. And, you know, we just hired a new head of content marketing for, for ourselves for disruptive advertising. And she's like, how is this stuff not front and center, you guys? Like, holy crap, you're sitting on this gold mine that's just not being communicated. So we're, we're working on getting better at that right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. because I'm like, okay, we're all looking for competitive differentiators across the board. And one of them is, okay, if, I'm, if I got these three companies on the table and this one is really caring about their employees and I know I'm probably going to get the best employees from them, I mean, that's, that's huge. <clears throat> big time, big time. You know, we, we've started to open up some of these classes we offer to those outside of Disruptive. Like right now, I have a, a spouse of one of our employees taking my class, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's on the horizon that it's going to be offered to clients as well. Hey, here are some of the things we're passionate about at Disruptive and would love to include you if, if there's interest. And, and again, it blends, you know, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a funny area. Start inviting clients to come and participate in these classes, but we're rule breakers. You know, we're... We're gonna we're disruptive advertising, right? We're gonna do it. What <laughs> what is the structure of the courses? Is it online? Is it, are you teaching them? Like, did you build out something for this, or using some kind of software to manage the courses? Yeah, right now it's you know com- completely instructor led classes. Um, it was okay. you know our, our first iterations were in person. Since COVID, we've gone basically full remote. I'm in the office right now. There's probably five of us here in the office today, but for the most part, our employees are remote. Um, we've started to hire a ton outside of Utah. So now they're all offered virtually. Mm-hmm. They're all conducted virtually, but they are instructor-led classes. So every morning, 8 a.m., uh, you know, is my class. So we meet every morning, 8 a.m., go through some instruction. And then what's important to me is that it's not just it's not just me preaching, you know, on these things. It's also... Uh, team mm-hmm. members participating and bringing things to the table as well. And it, it you know, I'm, I'm more of a f- facilitator than I am an instructor. So it's, it's instructor led conversations and in, in classes. Well, that's all. I'd love to see, or, or maybe listen into a couple of these just to see kind of what you're doing. And yeah, well, I think he's kind of built a, a good framework. Um, uh, the, what you'd kind of walk me through a little bit of being able to rinse and repeat that. And I'm sure for yourself, it, I, be interested of you do this every six months do you find yourself trying to keep as as close to the syllabus as possible so that the people that you know took it six months before have the same scenario do you find yourself making adjustments kind of each each pass that you've done thus far yeah um the core of the syllabus remains relatively the same but i learn things every time i go through it right yeah new things I realized, wow, this class member is a wealth of knowledge in this subject. So I bring them into my future class to help teach that subject. The body scans, we weren't doing body scans the first iteration of the class. This iteration is the first time that we're doing the body scan. So it's generally the same syllabus in terms of the core topics we're going to cover, but it is getting uh, you know, improved and iterated upon every time. How do people feel about the body scans? Like, is that something that they keep Getting to themselves? Real personal. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, hey, share this with your manager. Yeah, nobody's nobody's sharing the contents of their body scan. That's for them. And okay. You know, okay. themselves only. We, I, they they have them. They pull them up. We talk about them, and I help them understand what it means. And 
and what it means for how they should be eating and exercising and whatnot. Okay. But yeah. they're not they're not divulging to everyone. You know, hey, here's my current you know, like, fat percentage, you guys. Like a scoreboard, he's got the highest visceral fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's what we'll add to the next class iteration. Yeah, that'd be good for sales guys. Yeah. Um, well, cool, Daryl. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you want to let our listeners know, you know, kind of where where they can find you a little bit more about, you know, disruptive advertising. I know we focus most on the, the kind of the health and wellness and spiritual side, but um, in terms of the business, where they can find you, you know, what you guys do. Yeah, totally, totally. So disruptive advertising, it's just disruptiveadvertising.com. Uh, if you want to check out disruptive advertising. If you want to connect with me personally, LinkedIn's a great place for that. I suck on social media, you guys, which is always a, yeah. a bummer, but I exercise, I work, I got a family, there's no time for social media. So LinkedIn's a good place <laughs> to connect with me on social media. You know, I, I, I ran my first 50 mile ultra marathon. I'm currently training for an Ironman and after that's going to be a hundred mile ultra marathon. So anyone out there sharing those passions, like connect with me. I'd love to connect. I'd love to chat more. LinkedIn's probably the best place for that. So it's just Daryl Klingeman with a K on LinkedIn. Should be pretty easy to find me. It's a pretty unique name, you guys. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to join you on the next ultra marathon. What do you think, Sean? Let's do it. Uh, I'm busy that day. Ah. <laughs> well, Sean, I'm joining uh, you guys for the next extended that's true. that you guys do. Uh, that's another realm that I, I'm curious to. Oh, about. yeah, yeah. Well, let's tell them about that. Yeah, well, uh, I think that's one, too. We've talked to a few folks about uh, the next time we do that, we'll uh, spread it amongst uh, a broader group, but you definitely have to join us. So, uh, Daryl, I appreciate everything. Uh, this was a lot of fun, and um, thanks for joining. Yeah, best of luck to you, man. Thanks, guys. Take care. We'll talk soon. All right. See ya. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Optimize Sales with your hosts, Matt and Sean. We hope you enjoyed today's show and we look forward to bringing you more health and wellness tactics to make you the best sales rep or sales leader possible. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please follow us on Instagram at Optimize Sales, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on all major podcast distros. As always, you can head over to OptimizeSalesShow.com to check out all the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. And remember, optimize your mind and body, optimize your pipeline.